0: You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's
1: time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan.
0: Feed me now! I'm starving!
1: On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast.
0: let's eat baby it is the fantasy feast eaten podcast the show that's presented of course by draft the show that's so nice we do it twice every week during the nfl season episode one most of you already listened or perhaps you watched youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl we're gonna let you know everything you need to know for each nfl game from a fantasy perspective and by we i primarily mean he Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on social media. The number one ranked fantasy analyst in the galaxy over the last 10 years. I will post those. I have the screenshots to prove it over the next few weeks. So make sure you're looking out for that. We will post that at Ross Tucker pod. We got the number one guy. Check him out on social. Check me out on social at Ross Tucker NFL. And of course us at Ross Tucker pod. Joe, we're diving right into it to make sure we get to every game. We'll start this episode with the Niners at the Steelers.
1: Yeah, Ross, this is going to be one of the most fascinating games on the entire slate. Uh, I I just can't even um, imagine how many how much fantasy value is, is riding on this. What does Brock Purdy look like? I mean, that is a that is an absolutely massive um uh, no, uh, implications for fantasy football what if Brock Purdy is un, uh, is as good as he was last year the 49ers are going to be rocking. if uh if Brock Purdy isn't as good as he was last year the 49ers are in trouble and i know Sam Darnold was getting a lot of hype so Brock Purdy is is the most important player i think in this entire game on the flip side how good Uh, Is Kenny Pickett going to be? Kenny Pickett and the Steelers offense were incredible in the preseason. They had five drives and scored on all five of them. But last year, they had serious touchdown problems. Deontay Johnson, NFL record for both targets and catches without scoring a touchdown. George Pickens was a contested catch artist, but I'm not entirely sure George Pickens was able to separate enough. Can he take the next step? So this is going to be one of my favorite games to watch on the entire slate, Ross. This is a fascinating game, one I am incredibly excited for. The 49ers and the Steelers... um, I actually think from a fantasy football intrigue, not just for this week, but what it means going forward, it's going to be the best game. The Steelers also have, oh, we discussed this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. What's the Steelers' running back breakdown? Jalen Warren, he's incredibly explosive, incredibly efficient, but the Steelers have always, under Mike Tomlin, been a bell cow team. Does Jalen Warren significantly eat into Najee Harris, if not take over, what Najee Harris does. The Steelers are denying that's going to happen, but mm, I'm not sure.
0: I don't think Purdy's going to be great. I don't think he's going to be bad. I think he's going to be, like, Purdy good.
1: I think that's fair. Do you like it,
0: Joe? Yeah. On on the 1 to 10 scale of dad jokes, where does that rank? Oh, I didn't even pick up on it. You didn't pick up on me saying pretty good? Oh, come on, man. Uh, oh, that's a negative uh, uh, uh. for you. No, right. right. no,
1: no, Ross. Hold on one second. I think my brain was just conditioned to just filter that out and just and just let it go past so you don't try that again.
0: I was very proud of myself for that. Let's get to uh, the commanders hosting the Cardinals in the we're not telling you who's playing certain positions bowl. The Cardinals are going to be ready.
1: And I presume Josh Dobbs is going to start. This is the game, as I mentioned on last week's show, for the DFS sickos. Are, is anybody out there? And I, is anybody? Of course they are. People are going to be rolling with a Josh Dobbs-Hollywood Brown stack in DFS. The Cardinals are 7-point underdog. They're 7-point underdogs to the Commanders, by the way. And I'm not saying the Commanders are going to be terrible, but if you're a 7-point underdog to the Commanders, all right, that shows you what, what the markets think of you. Josh Dobbs, Hollywood Brown, James Connors, the bell cow. How much do the Cardinals have the football in this game? On the flip side for the Commanders, major, major hype for Jahan Dotson, second-year receiver out of Penn State. Terry McLaren's dinged up. Does Jahan Dotson make a move towards becoming not the number two here, but more of an equal with Terry McLaurin. I think that's entirely possible, and that's certainly one thing I'm going to be focusing on with Sam Hallett, quarterback for the Commanders. As I'm focusing on the backfield and the backfield breakdown, Brian Robinson, does he catch the ball more, or is this a two- or three-man committee, which could be really ugly from a fantasy perspective?
0: Let's get to the Packers at the Bears. A lot of fantasy intrigue in this one, too, Joe. I think starting with both quarterbacks and how improved they are this year.
1: Yeah, this one's a really interesting game. Um, number one, the Packers' pass rush against the Bears' offensive line. The Bears knew they had offensive line issues, Ross. They signed Nate Davis away from the Titans. They spent a top-ten draft pick on Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. But it certainly Bears monitoring. No pun intended there. That
0: nice, nice. Per- <laughs> I got that, by the you way. You got
1: that one? Uh, it, perhaps the biggest reason for Chicago's league-worst quarterback-adjusted pressure-over-expectation rate is Justin Fields. They were league-worst by a mile. At Fantasy Points data, we charted Fields with 17 sacks that were his fault. That was the most in the NFL. And 28%, 28.8% of his pressured snaps that resulted in sacks ranked just behind Carson Wentz in futility. The bears hope that added weapons at wide receiver help fields avoid some coverage sacks and the additions on the offensive line should help as well. But we'll also learn very quickly. If fields has taken a step forward in processing speed, because green Bay ranked eighth in defensive quarterback pressure rate over expectation last year on the other side, Christian Watson potentially going up against a rookie cornerback in Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek Stevenson was a second-round pick out of Miami. This kid is not lacking for confidence, Ross. Bears fans are excited about him. He had a great preseason, but he is still a rookie. Watson was 10th among all qualified wide receivers with 2.51 yards per route run as a rookie. Can he take the next step towards being a number one wide receiver?
0: And on the Packers' side? Oh, you said Watson.
1: Yeah, well, and obviously Jordan Love is a big... um, is a big factor here. The bears defensive line. Now here's the problem in projecting week one based off of 2022 data. The bears have made a concerted effort to improve their defensive front, which was terrible last year of the nine defensive linemen on the bears active roster. Only two of them were on the team last year. That was a bad defensive line. Can the bears defensive line, which they, they, they think has improved, um, They've also, by the way, their two starting linebackers are also new. So can that front seven improve and get after Jordan Love? I'm not sure it will in week one, but this is a very interesting setup for Jordan Love. You should think he could be able to get off to a hot to a hot start.
0: In football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. And in business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built... Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at hubspot.com slash sales. I want to learn more, Joe, about the Raiders in Denver against the Broncos.
1: Well, the Raiders I'm placed a wager at ten to one on the Raiders to have the worst record in the NFL. Um I kind of feel like this thing could go very much awry. Now here is the thing. The Raiders have arguably the best running back, and the best wide receiver in football. So it's going to be very hard for the Raiders to, to really and truly stink unless Jimmy Garoppolo stinks or gets hurt. But I'm not entirely sure. Jimmy Garoppolo from Derek Carr, they benched Derek Carr last year. Jimmy Garoppolo to Derek Carr, lateral at best, I would think. I just feel like this thing has a way of going completely awry for the Raiders. I think Devontae Adams is probably a guy who's not very happy that he signed with this team or, or, or demanded a trade of the team and play with his boy, and then his boy got benched. And by the way, Devontae Adams, there is a shadow situation here. Last year, Devontae Adams ran 75 routes against the Broncos. Of those 75, 45 were in the primary coverage of Patrick Sertan. Sertan followed Adams everywhere but the slot. But on 13 targets with Patrick Sertan in coverage, arguably the best corner in football, Devontae Adams caught eight passes for 135 yards and two touchdowns against Sertan. Against all other Raiders, he caught eight passes for 106 yards on 13 targets on on fewer routes. But Devontae Adams destroyed this team last year. But there are two major uh, variables. The Broncos have a new defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph and Adams has a new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Is the changing quarterback enough to scare people off of Devontae? Patrick Sertan's going to scare people off of, of, of Devontae Adams and DFS anyway. The numbers suggest you shouldn't be scared off of that. But does Jimmy Garoppolo scare people off of that? My my guess is it will.
0: Broncos, Joe? Um,
1: maybe. I, I, I wax poetic about... How much I'm excited to watch the 49ers and the Steelers from a fantasy perspective, the Broncos offense is going to be fascinating to me. Not just because Russell Wilson was so bad last year. What's Jerry Judy's status, number one? He has a hamstring injury. He's already stretching, and we'll see if he plays week one or if he's back uh, week two or beyond. What does the running back rotation look like? Javante Williams. Like, according to our Dr. Edwin Porras, he suffered an injury similar to that of J.K. Dobbins did two years ago, and we know it took J.K. Dobbins multi, more than a few weeks and another surgery to get back from that to be close to 100%. Does Javante Williams become a bell cow, or do they mix in Samaj P. Ryan liberally? But then, of course, Russell Wilson is, if Russell Wilson's not good, this entire thing's going to hell. So, this is going to be, and this is not a good Raider defense. It's Max Crosby and a bunch of guys. So, Russell Wilson is setting up well for a a, a potential bounce-back week in this matchup.
0: Joe, I'm expecting big fantasy numbers for the Dolphins and the Chargers out there in L.A. What should we be looking at?
1: Yeah, so Miami, um, I think their offense is going to look very similar to, to what it looked like last year. Obviously, you're playing Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's dealing with a little minor injury. I think he's going to be okay. And the run game for Miami. Devin A. Chain, the rookie, he's been kind of banged up a little bit. Jeff Wilson goes on IR. Dolphin Beat writers completely missed the boat on that one. Oh, you know, Jeff Wilson's not practicing. All of a sudden, the guy ends up on IR. Would have been nice to know before uh, people were drafting Jeff Wilson in the 10th, 11th round of fantasy drafts. But that sets up for Ricky Moster to come out and run. Um, Miami's always going to be able to run because Mike McDaniel is a run game guru. So Miami, I'm interested to see what Devin A. Chain's role is if he plays in this game. I expect him to. And I'm interested to see what Raheem Mostert's role is in this game. So this is going to be a fascinating run game matchup for the Miami Dolphins. Now flipping over to the Chargers, this is obviously a coaching change for the Chargers. Old sideways Joe Lombardi is gone. He's actually the offensive coordinator in Denver now, but they're running Sean Payton's offense. The Chargers are running Kellen Moore's offense. Kellen Moore had a vertical offense with Dallas. Now, nobody would accuse Dak Prescott of, of having one of the biggest arms in the NFL, but with Kellen Moore at offensive coordinator, Dak Prescott consistently ranked towards the top of the, of, of the league in average depth of target down the field. Dak Prescott's lowest average depth of target under Ke- under Kellen Moore for a season was higher than Justin Herbert's highest in his career thus far. So this is going to be a very different offense for the, for the LA Chargers. What does that mean for Austin Eckler's role in the passing game? What is Quinton Johnston's role, the rookie receiver? Some Charger beat writers believe that Quentin Johnston is still working behind Joshua Palmer. And can Keenan Allen... Produce big-time numbers a year after suffering a serious hamstring injury in the C.D. Lamb role in the in the uh, well the former Dallas Cowboys offense now the Kellen Moore Chargers offense.
0: I think it means Joe that they need to drink Labatt Blue Light, and that'll help them figure everything out with friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's the Eagles at the Patriots, Joe. I'm not expecting a ton of points in this one.
1: Well, the, the big question here and the thing that's going to keep Patriot fans and probably Bill O'Brien up at night is the Patriots' offensive line. The offensive line in New England was already a concern heading into the season because they lost Isaiah Wynn to the Dolphins in free agency. The man they signed to replace him, Riley Reef. Suffered a lang injury in the final preseason game. He is on IR. He will miss the first four games of the season. And the man replacing Riley Reef at right tackle, Calvin Anderson, just recently came off the NFI list after a serious illness. Moreover, their starting guards, Cole Strange and Mike Onwenwu, those guys have barely been in pads because they've been dealing with injuries. So, yes, the Eagles lost Javon Hargrave to the 49ers this offseason, but they're three deep at defensive line is still scary the Patriots offensive line I'm expecting a lot of run game RPO screens to try to counteract that Eagles pass rush in this game and by the way the Patriots don't have a whole lot of speed at wide receiver either Juju Smith-Schuster there was the report from Albert Breer that his knee could explode at any moment um I haven't drafted him once this offseason um but they're three deep of Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Bourne. Probably not going to scare the Eagles cornerback trio of Darius Slade, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox very much. Um, if there's not a lot of points scored in this game, I expect very few of them to come from the New England Patriots. Oh, and of course, we're going to keep an eye on what Mac Jones looks like with, with, with an actual professional play caller and what Zeke Elliott's role is in this game as well.
0: Um, the Eagles offensively,
1: yeah. So Brian Johnson is the new offensive coordinator, but he was the quarterbacks coach last year. So I expect the offense to look very similar. The biggest question that people are going to have for the Eagles is what does the running back breakdown look like? We we've discussed that a ton this off season. Who is the starter? Here. Kenneth Gainwell is the guy, oh, the, oh, he's getting reps with the ones. Well, of course he's getting reps with the ones. He's a rotational running back. Is he going to be the starter, which I don't think so, or is he going to be the guy who they trust in the two-minute situation, which is what I actually think is going to happen. I really want to see what the Eagles do from the backfield. The only Eagle running back I'd be comfortable really starting in week one is DeAndre Swift, and that's simply because I think DeAndre Swift is, I, I mean, not, not just I think, I know DeAndre Swift is the most explosive of this group.
0: the rams are in seattle and cooper cup's not going to play Jim. yeah
1: I, I i mean he's seeing a body specialist that's that's always a good thing when a generic body specialist when when to get the answers on his hamstring ross it, if he was going to play they would know it <laughs> they didn't need to send him to a body specialist in minnesota to figure out if he was going to play um and then So Van Jefferson becomes the one. I've been drafting Van Jefferson a ton, but Tariq Woolen here is a very, very um, tough matchup for Van Jefferson. The Rams' offensive line remains a concern. Um, What does their run game look like? Kyron Williams was getting hype as their kind of pass game running back, which I think is going to be the case here. But without Cooper Cup, this this has a potential to be a very bad offense. I, I, I think it's got a potential to be a bad offense with Cooper Cup, but without him, forget about it.
0: Seattle?
1: Well, let's see if Jackson Smith and Jigba plays in this game first and foremost. I know he had the uh, the hand surgery or wrist surgery a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he's been back at practice. If he's not back this week, he should be back pretty soon. The big question for Seattle, what does the running back breakdown look like? They, they blew up fantasy. I mean, you heard the cries of fantasy football players across the nation when they took Zach Charbonnet in the second round of the draft. Because Kenneth Walker ran for over 1,000 yards as a rookie last year. But Kenneth Walker's a freestyler. Kenneth Walker likes to kind of dance around, find that find that hole. He was one of the top, in, top running backs in the NFL in explosive run rate last year. He was also one of the top running backs in the NFL in stuffed runs last year. That is his style, and I'm not convinced Pete, that's the style Pete Carroll wants from a running back. Zach Charbonnet is going to get you five yards if five yards are blocked. Kenneth Walker, he might get you two when five yards are blocked. He might get you 50 when five yards are blocked. How is the run, what is the breakdown of this, this running back room? It's going to be one of the most fascinating questions of week one.
0: Totally agree. Before we get to the primetime games, Joe, and you tell me who's going to eat in those games, I want to tell you how you should eat. Did the game go to timeout? It's time to order on DoorDash. Wait, is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. Get everything you want delivered while you root for your squad. Yes, that means burgers, fries, drinks, you name it. And if you have a Dash Pass membership, you can get the new Wendy's loaded nacho cheeseburger delivered. Yep, right now the loaded nacho cheeseburger is exclusively available with dash pass at participating U S Wendy's for a limited time. It's the Cowboys in New York. Take on the giants. Joe, we got a new wide receiver two in Dallas in Brandon. Cooks. Yep.
1: Um, the giants were atrocious against the run last year. Ross, only the chargers surrendered more yards per carry than New York. And the Giants also tied the Lions for a 7.5% explosive run rate allowed. That was behind only the Bears in the NFL. And most alarmingly, the Giants' 2.88 adjusted yards before contact per attempt last year ranked 0.68, nearly, basically ranked two thirds of a yard worse than the Chargers' 2.20. And they were the only two teams to allow more than two yards before contact per attempt adjusted. That is atrocious. Dallas' offensive line was mediocre in the run game last year, perhaps owing to how thin their depth is up front. But the big question here, and this is why I like Tony Pollard a lot this week, is if the Giants did enough to improve their run defense. They added a couple of interior depth options at defensive tackle, including A'shaun Robinson, and they signed Bobby Okereke away from the Colts at linebacker. But I think it might take a little bit of time for this Giants defense to gel, so I really like Tony Pollard uh, here in Week 1. And on the flip side, I think the Giants' offensive line. What I think is going to happen is Dan Quinn is going to be very aggressive in trying to con- in-, in-, in testing Evan Neal, who was terrible last year, the rookie tackle out of Alabama last year. He's in-, in his second year. Giant fans are hopeful Evan Neal takes the Andrew Thomas leap. Andrew Thomas was bad as a rookie, and since developed into one of the best tackles in the in the in the NFL. But Dan Quinn is going to take Micah Parsons. And like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park, the game warden uh, Muldoon says the Velociraptors were systematically testing the electric fences for weaknesses. That's what Dan Quinn's going to do with Micah Parsons. He is going to line up Micah Parsons over Evan Neal, and he's going to say, all right, kid, did you take the leap? because I'm coming after you, and they're going to get after Daniel, Daniel Jones that way. Uh, the Giants improved in, uh, offensively last season. I, uh, uh, in the offseason, rather, I think a lot of quick throws to Darren Waller are going to be in the cards here to help offset that pressure from Micah Parsons.
0: Last but not least, Joe, Monday night, it's the Bills at the Jets.
1: No, oh, there's nothing interesting in this game. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. Aaron Rodgers, how does he look? He made one appearance in the preseason, and he threw a dot to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, I think there's a potential shadow watch here with Tredavious White. Last year, Wilson ran 30 of his 50 routes in week week 14 against the Bills in Tredavious White's primary coverage, and he caught four passes for 51 yards on five targets against Tredavious White. That was with Mike White at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is going to test Tredavious White, and he's going to test him with Garrett Wilson. So I'm very fascinated to watch this matchup. Garrett, Garrett Wilson, now, it's become kind of the popular, the invoke thing, saying, oh, this guy's got a chance to be the best receiver in the NFL, but it's true. And is Aaron Rodgers going to help him get there? Also, need to watch the running back breakdown between Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. Um, the Jets said they're going to be smart with Brees Hall early in the season. I anticipate that will be the case. If you have Brees Hall. I think I'm starting him as a low-end RB, two, And understanding that he might just get 10 carries, don't freak out. On the Bill side of the ledger, James Cook, how many touches does he get? That's the big fantasy question for me.
0: What are you thinking?
1: I hope 12 to 15, because that would be enough for fantasy. Especially if he gets three or four catches, that will be enough for fantasy.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see Dalton Kincaid in the Bills' offense and just how much they use him because that's something that Greg Cosell and I have been talking about a lot on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and I bet he even brings that up on tomorrow's episode. That'll do it for the Fantasy Feast Podcast here for week one. Hope you guys set your lineups, take Joe's advice, hope you get off to a terrific, terrific start. I am stuffed. We're done.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung
0: TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.